It's Ask an Engineer. And you saw some great videos we took of New York City. We are in New York City. And we're in phase two. New we're City. here to stay. We're doing this thing. That's right. All right. Well, it's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. Broadcasting live from the Adafruit head, or not Adafruit, from uh, our Adafruit remote secret basement location. Not at the headquarters, because the headquarters is still yeah, we, slowly coming back. We go to Adafruit on staggered shifts. Most of our team is back. We're shipping orders. Thank you, everyone who's been patient. Yes. Um, orders are all shipping. More of our team's there. We have staggered shifts seven days a week, extended hours. We're doing it safe and smart. Um, Lady Ada and I are usually night shift. We'll probably be at the factory in a little bit. But right now, it's time for Asking Engineer. That's right. So let's kick it off with an exciting hour of yeah. new products, news, NPIs, videos, guides, and more. You got a lot of stuff. You got a whole, I can see the show, it's packed. There's a lot of stuff going on. All right, well, tell them what's on tonight's show. On tonight's show, we are shipping safe and smart. Don't forget, you can order right now. We'll be shipping pretty much immediately. It helps support us. An open source hardware company, 100% woman-owned, a minority woman-owned business uh, certification came our way. We've got it. This is us. This is a pre-COVID photo for that guy on Twitter who says, oh, you make sure you wear a mask and stay six feet apart. By the way, that's a good idea. You should always do it. These are old photos, though. Some of our team. Thank you so much. We are shipping things. And more? People around the world showing, sharing the projects. Lady Ada will talk about the show and tell that happens every week, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. People showed and shared their projects. She'll talk about that and more. We got some JP Workshop and some Make Code Minute. Towards the end of the show, we're going to have an entire segment devoted to all the things on Python on hardware. Katni's going to do that as part of our Python on hardware weekly newsletter. Time travel, whole bunch of news going on, a whole bunch of things. A lot of things. Some of it's good news. Some of it's things we have to do together. Some of it is events coming up. Main New York City, some factory footage and more. We got some 3D printing videos from Noam Pedro. We've got everyone's favorite segment, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit, Ion MPI, where we show you the latest new products and more. Speaking of new products, we have some new products this week. We've got some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, 
adafruit.it slash discord where we are up to over 21,000 people. Thank you so much. There are so many people there. We have a great community. Yeah. We have a code of conduct. Chit-chatting. People feel safe. More people are joining all the time because they know it's a cool place to be, cool place to share your projects. We'll do this and more on tonight's show, Ask an Engineer. All right. Okay, Lady Ada, let's uh, kick it off really fast. I just want to say, one, thank you, everyone, for being patient because we're shipping your orders. Ada Box will be shipping pretty soon as well. We're doing it safe and smart so you can rest assured if you get an order from us, everyone has masks, everyone has gloves, everyone has every protocol that we publish on our site, adafruit.com slash open safely. Um, you are supporting a woman-owned, open-source, manufacturing company in New York certified. City. Certified. Bonafide. Bonafide now. And uh, we thank you because there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of Adafruits out there. And uh, we're only here because of all of you. We're past the first chapter of what this thing is. Um, New York City is in phase two reopening. Yeah. Um, Long Island is in phase three. Basically, pretty soon, there'll be more and more... Um, we're devastated to see other parts of the country or world um, where people are getting sick. Um, trust us, take it from us who've lived through the worst things in the world every day. More people were dying. There was ship outside of our window. USS Comfort, here we go. Here you go, here, here we go. Here we go, hospital's gonna come in. You go to, you walk to work and they're like, there's another uh, morgue truck. Okay, um, let's convert a convention center the hospital beds. This was scary. I was just talking about in show and tell. Like, I don't remember April so much because there was just so much going on. Quick. It was extreme. Quick, change your factory to make face shields and, oh, by the way, make some ventilator parts and medical devices and just, like, everyone's on a different time zone 24-7. Keep your team safe. Um, we had no one in the company get sick at all whatsoever. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did early was say, you know what? Gloves and masks. No matter what anyone says, this seems like the smart idea. And then we worked with doctors at Mount Sinai who gave us some great tips. And they said, hey, shared restrooms. This might be a thing. Uh, we still do uh, heavy cleaning every mm -hmm. single night. And one of the things I'll tell you is, as folks who got through this wave, don't get overconfident. Because mm -hmm. this virus doesn't care. Yeah. This virus doesn't care that you did a good job you yesterday or last week. Um, you wear a mask. On it. Wear a mask. And be smart. And it turns out you can beat this thing. So, yeah. um, you know, if we can do it in New York, you can too. Um, so again, um, devastated that we're seeing, I was hoping the rest of the country would, you know, crush this learn, like New York. Learn from New York's but experience. it's not too late. It's never too late to be the best country you want to be. So let's, you know, let's get those relatives off Facebook. Um, so more for, on that later. More on that later, exactly. Um, so show and tell we do every single week. Yep. People around the world show and share the project. Lydia, who's on the show and tell? And what they share this week? I'm glad you asked. We had a bunch of people from DigiKey and Adafruit and the community, starting off with Sean Heimel, who uh, came back to show off his uh, machine learning edge compute for anomaly detection of machinery. So what it means is that he has a ceiling fan and he has a machine learning program running on an ESP32 that has learned what a good fan motion is like. And if he touches the fan, it will detect that the fan is being disturbed, it isn't running the way it should, and um, uh, alert him with a piezo buzzer that his dog does not like. Um, and it looked great. I mean, it worked really well. Surprisingly sensitive, but didn't have any false positives. Um, so it's a really cool project and a good demonstration of how 
um, machinery management could benefit from edge machine learning. Um, Philby came by uh, and talked about an RGB matrix uh, debugging PCB that he designed. If you're working with these RGB matrices and you want to plug them right into your logic analyzer, check out the blog post for uh, KiCad files or uh, Eagle CAD files that you can make yourself um, off of Oshpark. Erin came by with um, her visible mask. So this is a mask with a clear uh, sheet in the front uh, for people who want to lip read or they need to emote with their mouths or it's easier to communicate yeah. for them with mouths being visible. Yeah, this is just a quick um, video loop from when we'll talk about this tutorial and show the video. But I thought um, since we're talking about it right now, it'd be good to see. Um, I mentioned this in the show, but one other thing is, you know, you're reading about what are the side effects of everyone wearing masks. And I had heard that for courts that are starting to do jury selection as they yeah. reopen, they're like, it's hard to figure out how people are feeling, some emotion. So, you know, don't don't look at this mask wearing thing as a setback, everyone. Look at it as a challenge and a new canvas. We literally have new real estate. Like, look at all the things that people made about watches and yeah. then wearable electronics. We have this other thing here. Um, I thought this was a cool project. Face we'll, talk, we'll talk about it later. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Melissa came by with a gigantic RGB sign that she built um, using pixel purses, and it's controlled by Raspberry Pi. Uh, she also has a demo of um, a port of the Pi Portal library running on a Raspberry Pi Blinker Linux, which is pretty neat because I mean a lot of our Pi Portal projects will now be able to run on a Raspberry Pi with the TFT. Um, if you want to have a Linux computer running these demos, uh, they're very simple. Uh, they're all in CircuitPython, but uh, they're very effective. You know, you get some data, you display it. Um, now and Pedro uh, showed off their 3D build this week, which was a filthy mask. It's a press fit um, mask maker that doesn't require any sewing. I will show the video and project later. Scott had a demo of SPI running on the ESP32-S2, so he's slowly making his way through all the peripherals on the ESP32-S2 and adding support in CircuitPython. It'll come out as a 6.0.0 beta, because uh, we did some renaming. Uh, the I squared C slave uh, library is now called I squared C peripheral. So yeah. that'll come yeah. Uh, and heads up, there's a lot of work in various technical communities to move things from the terminology master to something like main, um, to change the way we uh, talk about peripherals and primary and secondary yeah. so progress on all fronts every bit of progress databases matters. databases did this so we're just catching up yeah okay uh liz oh scott also uh showed oh, the election the website that he's been yeah. working on for, electioncal.us yeah. uh it's a county by county um information site that can give you feeds for uh or just downloadable data in json format for your local uh, elections, which is really handy because there's, each county is a little bit different. Yeah. These give you uh, everything in one place. Yeah. As we all learn, America is, you know, 50 different countries, essentially. And then within those, there's, there's lots of different counties. Country, yeah. um, but one thing I mentioned on Show and Tell, I'll mention again, is uh, Adafruit's been doing paid day off for voting for years. If you need help navigating this idea at your company, drop me an email, PT at Adafruit. I can send a piece of our handbook. I can tell you um, what I've seen other, at other companies. Um, no one had to convince us we wanted to do this but I've been able to work with other companies and help them. Sometimes you just have to approach your HR group or your um, you know, management team and uh, speak in the same language they do. Um, but it uh, turns out, no matter where people fall on a political spectrum, everyone wants the day off for voting. And a lot of other countries do this. This is something that we can do and something that a lot of people uh, will appreciate. So if you need help, let me know. We'll help out. Okay.
Liz uh, built a copper Cricut circuit. She used some copper sheet, cut out a circuit, and then pasted it onto a backing to solder to. So it's an experiment with one of our new uh, materials in the shop. Mohib uh, got circuit Python on a Pi portal running, um, playing custom text-to-speech audio using Amazon Poly, which is a text-to-speech uh, backend that will generate an MP3 for you. Um, uses the Pi portal's built-in MP3 decoding capability in CircuitPython to download the MP3, save it to an SD card, and then play it back. Works pretty well. Uh, he also made a lockbox with a solenoid. Um, and he also has a, a YouTube channel, I think it was like hack.club, I, I, the one thing I didn't write down. Um, so um, maybe check out the You can just scrub through on the show and tell also yeah. it's in their... Um, subscribe, you only have 20 subscribers. Yeah, you should have like 100 at Check least. out our Discord, but also um, he did a... Uh, did, did, podcast, a video did, a, did a talk earlier in the week, and I can have that on our blog, so you'll see that too. Okay, so cool. You'll find this soon. All right, so subscribe to Mohib. Uh, Tim uh, showed off a Zenith 7 tube radio that had dried out electrolytic capacitors and showed the process of cleaning it up and fixing it up, and it's playing music again. So that's cool. Uh, it's an AM FM radio, it looks beautiful. Uh, Jeremy made a touchscreen control with uh, a particle boson, which is a feather-shaped cellular board that you can program um, over the air. And it uses um, Alexa control over cellular using an NB-IoT cellular module. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then, um, sorry, yes, NB-IoT cellular SIM card. And Matt built a heliostat. He wanted to light up uh, his workspace. So um, this robot follows the sun and mirrors the sun uh, into his workspace, so he gets light coming in, natural light coming in. Yeah, and it's like a robot friend with a little, with a little the, mirror. This was a it, beautiful it project. We always like robot friend projects. This is a light robot, and the other thing um, it reminded me of the like helper robots um, in Interstellar, where they're always kind of like you know you're they're your friend, and yeah. then, you know they kind of. Um, but it's the type of projects we really like to see because there's so many neat things you can do with robotics. It's not just like BattleBot stuff. It's uh, that's fine. BattleBots is covered. There's a lot of robot helper projects that you can do as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's All participants out. on the show and tell get an as seen on the show and tell sticker. If you if you remember to email me like in a week or so, we're basically back and I, I can get to the stickers now. It's part of our Adafruit live series of shows every single week. 7 p.m. We do show and tell. 8 p.m. we do Ask an Engineer, and then JP's show is not this week, but we next week, because JP is taking a couple days off. Um, so, on Tuesdays, which have already uh, happened this week, uh, Make Code Live is one of our new shows, and just one programming note, Mixer is going to be part of Facebook, so the Make Code show, if you've been watching it on the Microsoft property, is going to go to Twitch. Which okay. we already broadcast to anyways. A lot of Great. people like Twitch, so you'll see that everything else is the same. Um, and we broadcast all of our shows, um, but that's one upcoming programming note change. Um, you'll notice that probably next week when JP does blog posts and more. And then every single week on JP's show, there's a Make Code Minute. We're going to play it. We'll see you on the other side. What I wanted to show in the Make Code Minute today is how you can use RGBW NeoPixels 
inside of make code. So I mentioned these earlier. This is red, green, blue, and white. These are NeoPixels that actually have four diodes in them and they can be mixed into a bunch of different colors. Uh, so if you look here in my overhead view, here's what happens when I try to send it to red. So I've got a Circuit Playground Express here. It's controlling the LEDs and white it can do. Red, there's some sort of an issue here. If I try to run through the colors, red, green, blue, it's just nonsense. Uh, and the reason for this is that the data that's sent to a red, green, blue NeoPixel is different from the data that's sent to the red, green, blue, white NeoPixel. Um, so let's look at how we can fix this inside of make code. If I uh, look in the light NeoPixel category, way down at the bottom, is a mode selection block. So I'll bring one of these in. If you look here, it says set strip mode to, and this is the default, RGBW. Uh, but we have some selections here for other orders or RGBW. So by picking RGBW as my format, I can correct the problem. What I've done in here in make code, just as a demonstration, normally you just take this strip and put it in your setup block and be done. Uh, what I decided to do is make a little interactive demo by having this switch block. When I move left, we get the normal RGB. And when we move this switch right, we get RGBW. If I flip the uh, switch on the Circuit Playground Express and now try sending it the red command, it gets it. If I send it the red, green, blue sort of rainbow and white, it works and I can go back to white still. Uh, if I plug in a regular RGB NeoPixel strip, we'll have the same problem. And that's why I put the toggle switch. Uh, so that is how you can adjust your NeoPixel strips to deal with red, green, blue, and white. And that is your Make Code Minute. Okay, so that's JP's show. We'll be showing his Make Code Minute next week as well and don't forget his show is off tomorrow um Hi. okay yeah let's do some time travel okay all right don't forget towards the end of the show um we have the python on hardware newsletter and more mm -hmm. um, we'll get to that but some current events that are currently lined up tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Lady Ada is doing an AMA, Ask Me Anything, with Hack Club. Go to events.hackclub.com. That is tomorrow. I think other folks, uh, Simone was one, Elon Musk was one, so you're in good company. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, I want to hack too. That is tomorrow. Um, other time travel news. If you need a place for action, so right now, adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. This is what the Adafruit team here is doing. Updated every day. Updated every day. We have uh, petitions. There are mailing lists. There are books you can read. Books, donations. Um, there's uh, we donated masks to Black Lives Matter of Greater New York. We marched in protest. We have uh, organizations that we joined. We have our company calendar. We have events that we're doing. This is us showing our work. Um, join us. Join with us. Um, as one of our team members said, you know, Adafruit has a voice in this maker. Uh, community. Um, maybe we can help change things. Um, more diversity, more inclusion. Uh, this weekend was Juneteenth. You can check out our website. You can see some of the celebrations. You can see some of the stories. 
you could see some of the history. Um, I wanted to go to our website right now and just give you an idea of some of the stuff that we're doing and more. So um, it's been 100 plus days. So if, uh, just to give you an idea of what's going on in New York. So in New York, Brianna Taylor's name is on every block. It's on bumper stickers. It's on um, store shops. It's on oh, posters. It's LCD screens. It's on LCD screens. Um, this was just one place. And the reason is it's been 100 plus days and the police and the entire organization that uh, caused her to be murdered because of their actions still have not been brought to justice. Now, there is one officer who's been fired, but that pace is not fast enough. So we have the calls to action there. Uh, Brianna was at home, uh, no knock warrant, shot and killed her. This not even the right, it's the wrong place too. And Not that it would be better if it was the right place. And if you think about how much time has been going on, so this happened March 13th. March 13th was when New York went on lockdown. That's how long ago it was. That yeah. seems like a year ago. So you know, this is something that you'll hear about all the time. Um, it is not going to go away. We're not going to be quiet. Um, we'll be one of the many voices that uses our platforms to get the word out so people start doing something. Um, also... Uh, you can see this is the section of our website that we have calls to action. You have things we're doing, partnerships. Um, copy it. Use it. Show it to your teams. Um, this is something that we want to get out there. This is a living document that our team is putting together. Um, so that's some of the stuff that's happening right now. Um, you can look at this on our blog. We have very specific areas of our site. And then, of course, you can always just look. It's at the top of our site. You can go and see all the things we're up to. And that brings me to the next thing. Stop the hate for profit. So Friday of last week, we saw, um, and I'll read off just some of the groups, Anti-Defamation Leagues, Color of Change, Common Sense, Free Press, NAACP, Sleeping Giants. These are just some of the groups that are civil rights groups, that are groups that get the message out that things need to change. They've had a lot of success. All these groups mm -hmm. have their own successes. They all came together and said, you know what, for the month of July, please pause the advertising on Facebook, Instagram. That's what we're asking. Yeah. Because it's been years of Facebook promising to make changes to remove the racist content, promising to stop the hate groups and white supremacy, promising to do this, getting fines over and over and over and over and over again. So... Uh, we sent an email. We said, hey, this is interesting because we've been like one voice screaming yeah. into the void. And we didn't see a lot of action. And I'll tell you straight up, one of the challenges for us as a company, because of who we are, what we look like, and the color of our skin, when we post a picture of us on Facebook, we have to make sure we have a team that, because no matter what we do, someone says something. I'm going to call yeah. ICE on you. Oh, look at this. Uh, they try to figure out different ways to say terrible words and terrible things with changing the letters and words and numbers and stuff. Yeah. So we have to, ha we have to, con this is the only platform that's like this. It's even also, YouTube isn't like this. Even YouTube isn't like this. Which is like historically been the worst. And like we're all just like the bare, the bare minimum with the bar yeah. is low to do so, so much. So low. And so when we saw this, we're like, this is a good idea because I used to work in advertising and, and, and I'll just get to the point about something. Yes, we can delete our Facebook account, but does the, you can't, make progress if you're sitting on the bench you have to be in this so we've had a facebook account for 11 years mm -hmm. we have hundreds of thousands of people that use it yeah why should we leave because of these racist jerks 
why don't we stay and try to make change? So yeah. we put our we put our content up there. Some people don't like it. When we put a rainbow up every June, someone doesn't like it. But you know what? Progress happens. Eventually, people are like, okay, you're a human. I like you. You're doing cool projects. And we've seen people transform and change. Oh, you know, I didn't like you guys at first, but I see that you're really good people. I like your stuff. Yeah. I don't agree with this, but your stuff is so good, I'm still going to buy it anyways. It's yeah. always a funny one. Um, but this group that came together is companies that advertise. Now we're talking. Because when you start messing around with the money, all of a sudden people pay attention. So this group got North Face. And we said, this is great. So we, saw, we said right away, hey, we're, we're in, we're out. Yeah. Kind of what you say. We're in, but we're out. Yeah. So North Face was Friday. Then Patagonia. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, Patagonia. They've been doing they're the paid pay day off for voting. They're very active. They've been very active. Yes. So we have a thing on our site. REI joined. All these outdoor brands. Yeah. Okay. Arcteryx. Then the big dogs. Oh. Ben and Jerry joins. Ice cream. So Ben and Jerry's always out there fighting the fight. They do. Always out there fighting the fight. And they say, yep, we're not going to advertise on Facebook, Instagram for July either. Now, there's demands because that's what you want. And it's very simple stuff. Can you have moderators? If there's a Facebook group that has 150 members, can there be help from Facebook to make sure it doesn't turn into you know, a murder squad? Um, so this is a journalist. Here's some of the companies so far. We usually get left out. That's fine. Uh, this one we got included Yay. in. Patagonia, North Face, REA, Upwork, Ben & Jerry's, Dashlane, Magnolia Pictures, Eddie Bauer, um, Adafruit, Mozilla. And one thing I'm noticing, these are outdoor clothing brands that everyone at Facebook loves to wear. They love this shit. Love the Patagonia vest. They love the Love Arcturus. the North Face. Love it. Technical jackets. So I just want to say again, yeah. why, why don't you just quit Facebook? Because we want to see change. We don't want to see Facebook go away. We don't want to see Google go away. We don't want to see Amazon go away. We want to see them do better because they're not going away. But neither are we. And if we quit, that's too easy. Yeah. This is work. Every day I got to do work on this. Every day we're reaching out to advertisers that we know and say, hey, can you, can you, can you consider this? So because I like showing receipts, um, some guy, a jerk, oh, do you even advertise on them on Facebook? Yes, we do. And so I think we're the only one who actually put a screenshot. So here's the other thing. Facebook ads are really good. They really work. I'll tell you why. When we do an Adabox campaign, we yeah. say, hey, teachers in Wisconsin might like this. You can target that way no. with, with micro-targeting, which this is why it's a powerful platform. It works. Unfortunately, it can also weaponize people. That's right. So what is everyone going to do tonight after Ask an Engineer? You're going to go online and you're going to see all these terrible videos of people testifying in a city council saying the face masks are the devil. I saw it on Facebook, Pizzagate, all this conspiracy stuff because of Facebook. And so yeah. this is the thing that this could help stop. This is what we're saying. Just for the month of July, don't advertise. So the, there's big brands that are like, we're not doing this. Um, Procter & Gamble, they're like, okay. Because everyone wants this to stop. They don't want the platforms to go away. They just want moderation. They want tools. They, yeah. want, they want Mark Zuckerberg, who's the face of the company, who's promised for all these changes, to make that promise come true. That's all we want. Please make the platforms better. You can do it. Google could do it. Yeah. You know, like they like there's there's ways to do this. There's when you can't get away with the same types of things on these other platforms that you can with Facebook. So that's what we're doing. Those are our receipts. Oh, by the way, you can see all of our campaigns are turned off. Jerky person who didn't do you even advertise on Facebook. Um, and uh, that's the campaign. Stop hate for profit. My request 
to the people out there, if you use Facebook or Instagram and you see a cool company you like in your feed that's advertising, take a screenshot, send it a polite email and say, hey, could you pause for July? Because just think about it, it'll be better. And I'll give you one very specific example of yeah. what it could mean. Do you know how you like our Discord with 21,000 people? Do you like how you can, and I'm going to quote the person who said this, that we use this all the time. It's a 24-7 hacker space I can bring my granddaughter to. Mm -hmm. This is a grandpa, That's engineer. Facebook. Yeah, you never say stuff like that. You're like, oh my God, please, oh no. Don't want to weaponize yeah. my kid. So imagine all this technology, this amazing thing that was built. Billions of people. It's the biggest nation in the world, this Facebook thing. Yeah. Being used for good. We can do it, but you can't do it by quitting. You can't do it by sitting out. Just like you can't change the elections by not voting. Yeah. So we're voting with our dollars. We're saying no in July. And, you know, Adafruit doesn't spend millions, but we spend more than 1000 We spend more than 10000 It's in the six-figure zone, and we're not spending. We're not doing it. That's accumulative, by the way, not yeah. just in one month. Um, but this is this is important. So, this is, you know, sometimes, sometimes we look in the camera and say, help. So please help. Okay, that was time travel. Um, other stuff going on this Friday. Friday and Saturday, Saturday and Sunday and Friday. Yay. In New York City, for five minutes at 1 p.m., there'll be cheers. We'll play a video. We'll do something on Adafruit. That happens on Saturday. happens on Sunday. You'll see all sorts of Adafruit stuff. The goal, the idea for us is we're going to have all of our teams scream, yay, and then do a little video and a little LCD thing around it. That's the idea. Um, other time travel news, New York is reopening and... Adafruit is listed on the site where PPE is available. Thank you, City of New York. So we made PPE for the city, and at the end they're like, hey, do you want it to be available for people in New York to purchase who are companies? And we said, yeah. So we're part of this restart effort no more. That's kind of cool. Cool. Next up. This is big news. So um, there was a keynote. Apple did WWDC yeah. 2020. Online. Online. And there has been some historic keynotes, but I measure keynotes in a different way. Yeah. Trevor's by freaking out. <laughs> How many times does Adafruit show up in an Apple keynote? Because it, So far, only me. I was the only So one. far, you got, you got put in an Apple keynote. But, but now we're, now we're thrilled that here. Trevor's kid and Trevor was in the keynote. So if you watch the platform keynote, there was a special dedicated video, Apple style, black and white photos, Shiat Day, black and white, beautiful piano ad, good old days of Apple advertising ad. Yeah. Beautiful ad. And showing developers. Showing developers. Doing their thing. Behind the Mac. This is what Trevor's, this is how he develops. And so one, Trevor. One-handed debugging. Yeah, so Trevor is uh, lead iOS developer at Adafruit. You also know Colin. You also know part of our team. Um, this is one of the Adafruit kids. Kids who have been brought into existence while someone has been working at Adafruit. So I don't think I'm breaking the rules because I think this is newsworthy. I think I'm allowed to do this. I'm going to play the little section of the Apple keynote yeah. that has the, what this is, and then it has this, and then um, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, great. Finally, here at Apple, we've always drawn strength from the creativity of our global developer community. To celebrate this, we've made a film comprised of images you all shared with us from your homes as you continue to create the work that inspires us all. Thank you. Be well, and I hope you enjoy the week ahead.
learning how to code? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to play the rest of that, but it was really neat because at the very end, um, this was like, you know, their special thank you. At the very end, they had um, a very Apple-style credits, and they're like, here's how we filmed all of the keynotes. Here's the safety precautions. Very Adafruit-like. Yeah. Um, so anyways, congratulations, Trevor. Congratulations, Trevor's kid. Now it's so a kid. Now, so so this, this kid is, our, she's already ahead of you. I know. It took you 30-something years to get in the keynote. I know. Get on it. I know. So, um, anyways, congrats, congrats Trevor. Um, and uh, it's so cool to see something like that. And uh, what a day. Anyways, that was a lot of fun. All right. We're an open source hardware company. Um, we're still in in the pole position. I guess you could say that. It's like a, it's like a race car. Um, pole position of open source hardware. We're still the number one open hardware company. Um, we have the most certifications. Yay! And uh, you know, people uh, they want to they want to take they want to dethrone that, and that's exactly what we want. We don't want to be number one. We want someone else to pass us, and then we're going to pass, and we're going to go. Um, so right now, it's about fifty percent ish of the open hardware out there comes from Adafruit. But that's not the way we prove and show that we're open. We do it by guides. We have two thousand two hundred and twenty-five guides. That's right. And this week, here are some new guys we've got. So we've got um, the Catney wrote a um, nine doff um, ST breakup board and feather wing guide. So we have a bunch of nine doff sensors that we make by taking two um, ST micro sensors, usually usually an, a list three MDL magnetometer, and then we pair that with one of their accelerometers and gyros, and we have those in both breakouts and feather format. So now we have a guide with layouts and schematics and, and example codes, so you can get started with those. And we'll even show a new one coming soon. Um, from JP, we've got the LED matrix protest sign. So a lot of people have these 32 by 64 LED matrices that we stock in the shop. Um, we've got CircuitPython support for them, so it's really easy to make a protest sign with uh, bitmap images that cycle through, um, yeah. which is cool. Oh we have a little video. So showing it at night, it looks great and uh, very colorful, beautiful, and readable. Um, we went to a lot of protests and a lot of people had cardboard signs and they were great to read during the day, but then at night they became harder to read. So we're like, maybe we should make an LED one. Um, we've got this week's 3D printed projects. It's a 3D printed filthy, uh, fab sorry, fabric face mask clips. And uh, we're using filthy fabric. We'll show the video of that shortly. We also have another mask project. This is a no-sew cotton face mask with a clear window. And we spray with anti-fog so you can speak and, and hang out and emote with your mouth and people can see it. Uh, very handy for people who lip read or who are deaf or hard of hearing uh, and hope to use their mouths. Um, or if you just want to see people smiling. Uh, John Park uh, did another project uh, this week. Uh, this was a collaboration with Sugru. It's a DIY uh, robot companion prop um, from Apex Legends. It's called the Pathfinder robot. Uh, you've got little emoticons and animations and, and uh, audio clips that this robot companion plays. So that's a nice, nice advanced prop if you want to see like how uh, complex you can build CircuitPython projects. They can get pretty complicated. And then uh, we also had um, a new guide. It's a translation of our welcome 
to CircuitPython Guide, but now it's in Spanish. Um, and unfortunately, I forgot to write down the name of the person who wrote it, um, but they did an amazing job of going through every page. No, I yeah, yeah well, I we have just touched that. that. I forgot. Yeah, this is a computer it like entity. Is well, we have the guide up. So yeah, to, but it says Katni. But I know yeah. Katni. I don't believe Katni wrote it. She just helped. Yeah, we translated it. I think she helped uh, put it in. So I'm sorry yeah. if I forgot the person's name. Um, but uh, check it out if you would like to teach or learn Circuit Python, especially to kids who don't speak English. Uh, they speak Spanish. It's an incredibly popular language. More people speak Spanish than English for sure. Uh, then um, use that to learn Circuit Python, and then don't forget for all of our Circuit Python boards, we also have a build where the error messages and feedback is also in various languages like Spanish. Yeah. All right. I'll go back to the rest of the that's guides it. for you. No, that's it. That's, that's it. Those that's are that. guides. Okay, yeah. those are the guides for the week. Yay. Um, we're going to. Uh, I'm just going to play the first like. I don't know. Few seconds or so. Of uh, maybe thirty seconds or so, of Aaron's guide about, just yeah. to get you going because it's uh, about. It's a full video. It's a full video, so um, you know this is the this is the end result. Um, but to kick it off, uh, I'm going to show the first few minutes of Aaron's video for how to make that face mask, and then we're going to go into made in New York City factory footage. All right, take it away. Okay, some factory footage from Adafruit. We are operational, so that means you get
and it wouldn't be made New York City factory footage without the endless construction across the street. Still endless. This is in, they're in phase 50 of recovery, which is more cranes every day. And ending cranes. More cranes. Alright. Okay, 3D printing, no Pedro, are 3D printing up a bunch of stuff every single week. This week we got the mask project. Yeah. We talked about earlier, and then we got a sped up video, so we're gonna play those back to back. We'll see you on the other side. Alright, see you soon. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making 3D printed parts for building DIY face covers. We designed these holders to secure just about any type of fabric, which makes them more sustainable. We also made magnetic ear savers, which makes them more comfortable and much easier to take them off. They're easy to put together and can be 3D printed fairly quickly without any support material. This fabric from Felty is engineered with nanofibers, making them great for face masks. Be sure to check out their datasheet for specs and usage. This is a good alternative to surgical masks and you can get rolls of this material so you can make a lot of them. Felty material is highly efficient, up to 95% on submicron particles, including bacteria and viruses. We really like how well the material forms around your face and directs airflow away from your eyes. This can be really helpful because it prevents your glasses from fogging up. The material will need to be cut down to size using a hobby knife or scissors. It doesn't fray when you cut it with scissors, so you'll have nice and clean edges. This makes it great for making custom shapes, like for respirators that use filter inserts. Rubber bands can be used to attach the holders around your face. Files are available to download and linked in the description. You can print out a template to help you fold the material into shape. Use the guidelines to create the folds with creases so they can better form around your face. When worn, the material unfolds to cover the bridge of your nose and chin. The ends are placed over the holders and secured in place with the press-fitted inserts. This provides a strong grip that holds up and won't easily come apart so it's durable and reliable. The eyelets are designed to hold rubber bands or other types of elastics so you can get a perfect fit around your face. We used neodymium magnets because they're really strong but need to be handled carefully to prevent pinching your fingers. Make sure to check the polarity before press-fitting them into the ear savers. You can switch between different hooks to adjust the tension of your mask. We think using magnets are a novel way to secure face covers and makes them easier to remove. Thanks so much for watching, don't forget to subscribe, and we hope you're staying safe and healthy.
And don't forget every single Wednesday, 3D Hangouts with Noah Pedro, the best, longest-running 3D printing show on planet Earth. You learn how to make all this stuff and more. Okay, Lady Ada, uh, let's uh, kick it off with That's one right. of our favorite segments. DigiKey and Adafruit bring Present. you... It's I on MPI time. That's right. I got my this eye week. on this MPI. Renaissance, which I hope I'm saying correctly. It's uh, a cool company that makes all sorts of microcontrollers, microtronics. I believe it's Japanese. And uh, they make some neat things. And this week, we're going to be talking about a very NPI. NPI. It's like a, a whole, the concept of it is even an NPI, which is MRAM. Dun dun dun. dun. The M. 30XX series of MRAM. Mm. And I think what I'm going to do by, you know, talking about this MRAM is explaining why you need MRAM in general, why you need any kind of memory, and why this memory is different. So there's going to be a little bit of a long story. Okay. But while you're listening, go check out the DigiKey page um, for the M3000 series MRAM, and they have all these specs and data sheets and documents, and it uh, looks like uh, IDT, which is... I think a subsidiary or merged with the Renaissance um, in integrated data technologies. They have the coolest logo. Uh, I've always thought so since like college. Their logo is the best. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So you're gonna tell a story. I'm gonna tell a story. So let's go. Yeah, there. So this is a, just the data sheet of a totally different Renaissance chip. The the RX V3. It's a 32-bit CPU. It's uh, it looks like it's an ARM core. It's got uh, M4. It's got DSP instructions. And on the left, you see memory. And there's a couple different kinds of memory. There's program flash, and there's SRAM. And those are the, the two, and then there's kind of different kinds of SRAM with ECC and there's standby. But basically, you've got flash and SRAM. And when you have a microcontroller, um, those are the two kinds of memories you get. You get program flash, which is where you store your code. And that's kind of like written only once in a while. Usually, you like write it when you bootload it, or you write it when you program it. And then the SRAM is where you um, put your like working memory, like while you're working on files or parsing data. That's where you put your your variables, your heap or stack variables, while you're working on them. So it's kind of like your workspace, whereas um, the flash is like your instruction or storage space. So um, historically. Um, this is what chips used to look like. Uh, the flash memory inside, um, they would have SRAM. They wouldn't have very much. And the, the thing about SRAM is you can write and read it basically in one instruction, maybe two instructions. But you can write it very, very quickly. SRAM, you write it, you read it, and it's like nearly instant. Um, it's very optimized. Um, you don't have a ton of it. You usually have a couple kilobytes. But again, it's super speedy. And you can read and write any location you want at any time which is another uh, really cool benefit. Um, so chips would have some SRAM, and they'd also have some registers, but uh, for you know the CPU working, and then the this is what the chip would look like, and there would be uh, EEPROM. It's UV erasable programmable read-only memory, and uh, to erase it, you'd have to actually put it under a UV light. So this was clear. You can see the chip. There's a, like a crystal quartz window, because you'd literally put it under a UV bulb for like five to 10 minutes, and it would erase it, so then you could write it again with your new program. And erasing would take like five to 10 minutes. So it's like you really have to think about your code. And then flash memory got invented. Um, 
which is what's used in this chips. You don't see EEPROM chips really anymore because people came up with a way of doing flash memory, which is basically you've got the EEPROM, but you don't need a UV lamp. It does it on its own. It, it erases itself and it programs itself. However, there's still one downside. Um, with flash memory, even though you can read it very fast, writing it um, is very slow and erasing it is very slow. And so if you're, if you need something that's like, well, like SRAM, for example, you can put stuff in it, but when you turn off the power, it goes away, whereas flash, it stays, so it's like non-volatile. So you're, you know, if you have a microcontroller program or project and you wanna do some data logging, for example, you want to uh, you know, store data from a sensor or a GPS, you have to, um, you can't keep it in the SRAM because when you turn it off, the data's gone. And you can't store it in the program flash because it's where your program data is and it's kind of bad taste to stick um, data log memory in the program memory. So what you do is, for example, you get an external SD card, right? An SD card or a transflash card or a micro SD card as seen here on this data logger. Uh, these are the same things you use in your phone, your game station, you know, your GPS, what have you. They hold gigabytes of memory and inside is a flash chip and a controller and you can store like a ton of data but again um, it's not very fast to write well one thing that people notice is that you, when you write to these cards you have to write them in blocks of like 512 bytes and it can be 250 milliseconds up to as each um, block is erased they have, the microcontroller has to erase that flash as a block and then write it and so if you're trying to stream fast data logging um, an SD card actually sometimes won't be able to do the job very well. Oftentimes you have to, you know, do caching where you have the memory, you know, you have the data stored in SRAM, and then when you get to a full block, then you write it with DMA and in the background. But it gets like very complicated very quickly, and it's very easy to lose memory, uh, lose your data if, you know, the memory gets unplugged or if it gets turned off in between this caching state. Uh, the other option you have is to use onboard SPI flash. And we do that actually on our feather boards when we use CircuitPython because we have a little disk drive. It's only two megabytes of SPI flash. Um, it's much smaller than an SD card. It's much less expensive as well. It's only like 30 cents or so because it's just a little QSPI chip, a little eight SOIC chip you soldered on, power ground, some data lines. And again, you can read fairly fast from it, but you can't write fast to it and you can't write to any location you want. Uh, you have to erase the block manually and this is even kind of in a sense worse than SD cards because the blocks might be larger than 512 bytes. They might actually be like you know a couple kilobytes. So you can end up having to deal with like four kilobytes that you have to, if you want to write data in the middle of a four kilobyte block, you have to read that whole block out into SRAM, erase it, modify the data in SRAM and then write it back, which you know is really annoying. Um, means that you can't stream data very quickly to it um, and also means you have to have this like buffer of RAM. So there's a lot of like management that you have to do. Okay, so you're, you're all like fists to the sky. Why? Why us? Why can't we have a fast way to write to a non-volatile memory, memory that keeps remembering after the power's off, but doesn't have this annoyance of like block-based, you have to erase and takes, you know, 250 milliseconds. Okay, well you're in luck, because it exists, and it's called MRAM. So this is MRAM. MRAM is different than uh, flash memory, which uses uh, capacitive charge stored on uh, MOSFETs. 
that are floating floating gate MOSFETs. Um, MRAM instead uses a magnetic spin of a material, and this is kind of like a, a demonstration. There's there's a permanent magnet and um, an electromagnet, and then I guess it, it can sense the magnetic, and also it can uh, write or read the polarity to this little bit and um, set it to be north or south, one or zero. And the cool thing about it is it's incredibly fast. Uh, it's got the same read speeds as, you know, flash, but it's got the same write speeds as read speeds. Like you don't have to um, erase, and you don't have to wait. You can just write something instantly and, you know, the magnet flips and the bit is stored and you can write any bit anywhere in any location at any time. So it's like truly random access writing. Okay, so uh, here's this like lovely demonstration of it. And basically the deal is, is that you're gonna pay more for MRAM because it's a new technology and it's very advanced and there's not like every possible size of memory available. But if you need to have something with very fast read and write speeds, like basically like as fast as the QSPI or SPI protocol, uh, MRAM will do the job for you and it will do it quite well. And there are some situations where people are like, I really need to be able to write about two megabytes worth of data very, very fast uh, into non-volatile storage. This will definitely do the job for you. There's another thing that this is good for. Although it's not designed for this, I will say that there is a community of people who do CubeSats as students. Um, right. And they basically make electronics, they put a microcontroller on it, and they shoot it into space. And one of the first things you learn when you start putting things in space is that once you're outside of, of our atmosphere, um, you're not protected from these high energy, uh, yeah, like electron beams that can go in and they frazzle your flash memory. Um, this is a really big problem. This is why people have rad hardened electronics. And flash memory is extremely susceptible to this. And so. Oftentimes you'll have a board with like multiple like flash chips because if one gets fried, you know, you have another one um, that can kind of kick in and be like, hey, I'm the one that, that's working if you triple redundancy. But MRAM has an interesting property that even though this is not red hardened and it's not certified for space use, MRAM survives this kind of experience a lot better. And so you'll see a lot of CubeSat boards use MRAM um, and they won't use the like the space hardened stuff that's thousand dollars. They'll use this stuff that's like twenty bucks. And um, again, they can store data, read, and even use it as external um, program memory as well. So it's it's a nice, reliable for CubeSat use memory. Okay. Well, there's two uh, things that we do. Yes. During IMPI, first, you can get on DigiKey. Here's a short URL. Yes. It's super new. It's so new. The product photo is not in there. This was, it actually just went in like yesterday. The short URL is Z9C51V. Um, that's the DigiKey short URL. And we also have a one minute video from the manufacturer. Well, do you want to show it on the, the over okay. first? I'm sorry, we have three things. Sorry, I just like We usually, got the DigiKey site. I had got a so video, much I had to and then, note. Then you, got, then you got this. Okay, yeah. so this is what it looks like. Um, so it comes in tape and reel. It's, it's like SOIC, but it's not actually SOIC. It's SOIC packaging, but it's actually kind of a DFN. Um, but you can see here I brought, you know, this is a board that has um, a QSPI flash on it, and you can see that this is the same footprint. It's just a little flatter and thinner. 
And um, these I think are two megabyte. Sorry, it says eight meg. It says eight MB. I don't know if that's eight megabyte or uh, eight megabit. Probably eight megabit. Uh, so one megabyte of data. Watch out for that. Uh, RAM is often specified in bits, not bytes. So you have to divide by eight to get um, kilobytes and megabytes. Um, but yeah, I mean it's like amazingly small and thin. And I think especially for people doing CubeSat or or high altitude ballooning, I think this could be a really nice, yeah. low cost, easy to use chip. Uh, with a ton of storage available on it. You can even store little images. One megabyte is quite a bit of storage data. Yeah, and in Discord, uh, Scott's talking about the different boards that CircuitPython have uh -huh. because of the SAT folks. Yeah. Um, so um, Max Holiday was the one who did that from Stanford. That's right. And we had him on the show not too long ago. And he was the one who like pointed out, like, oh, yeah, like MRAM. One of the things that he wanted to do was the SAMD51 chip uh, that we have CircuitPython support for. Uh, can boot from an external QSPY flash memory. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, this could be really good because one of our problems is the flash memory gets corrupted. And so yeah. if we could have the program in this, you know, uh, non-susceptible memory and it would run from that, I was like, yeah, I think you can absolutely do that. We're going to so show this video. And uh, one thing I want to say is, like, this is what engineers want. This is the most advanced stuff, cutting edge, shown to you live talking about it real examples this is what INMPI is about this is like how do you find yourself how do you know about this this is the yeah. segment this is why this is why we really like doing this every week this is me because it's like it's like I didn't even know that like I, I literally like I saw this on digikey.com slash know I was like what is MRAM like I've never heard of it I kind of guessed it was magnetic but I was like yeah, cool. what how does it work what does it do so I, I, I looked into it and it was, it, there's actually some thoughts that um, SSDs are going to move to MRAM because again of that that write delay problem that is unavoidable in flash and you don't have an MRAM. So in long term, not anytime soon, but you know maybe look long term we have to go to space anyways. Long -term, so we may as well do. We'll this. probably all have MRAM disk drives. Yeah. We actually go back to magnetic. Right, we went from magnetic to flash, and now we're yeah. going back. Yeah. Well, we're going back to mainframe sort of. So okay. Um, all right. This video. So we'll play this video, and then um, that'll be high MPI. Before we get going over new products, don't forget we're shipping safe and smart. We're shipping your orders. We thank you. 
Thank you, thank you so much. Um, we're only in business because of y'all placing orders. Please place an order. We'll get back to doing discounts and everything else soon. But right now, we're just concentrating on getting the orders out as fast as possible. We're getting back in stock. And paying the bills. Turns out, um, bills don't stop. We yeah. Gotta, yeah. And, you know. You, you heard the party doesn't stop? That's actually not true. It's the, the bill bills doesn't stop. stop. And, you know, right before COVID, there was a lot of states that just started passing things like, oh, by the way, there's sales tax. And, like, yeah. oh, we want to go back in time. Back in time sales tax. So there's even states that are like, you, we want taxes from you from 2017, even though we didn't even think of it. We didn't thing. have that at the time. So, no, you know, taxing. it adds up. It adds up. Um, but thank you. Um, we have stuff that people want, and we're trying to ship it as fast as possible. Speaking of, are you ready? That's right. New, 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 new. Okay. Um, first up, a reminder, we are doing the buy one, give one. If you go to adafruit.com slash code, when you buy one on Adafruit for yourself, we send one to Black Girls Code. It's that simple. You don't have to do anything else. If you're buying a Circuit Playground Express, that's what you can do. Um, but please don't email us and say, well, I bought one before, and what about this free one? Can I just send two? No, that's complicated, and that takes a bunch of time. Just donate to Black Girls Code directly if you want to do that. But if you want to buy a Circuit Playground Express and know that an identical one is sent to Black Girls Code, that's the way you do it, and that's what you do. Okay, first up. Okay, first up, we've got from Kittronic. They're a British maker of awesome micro-bit accessories. We've got their kind of like inventor kit. Um, it's for the BBC micro-bit, but uh, between you and me and everybody else watching, you can also use it with the Clue and other micro-bit shaped boards. Um, so it comes with a booklet and all sorts of parts. Um, I'm going to... Going to part yeah, sorry, because I have to get a list of the parts. So talk get, about it, talk about it. All right, so you've got this breadboard. you got this cool breadboard holder. That's the thing in the middle. You've got, a, a, like, adapter that you can plug in the micro bit that's kind of on the mid-right. A bunch of resistors to the right of that. Um, two sets of jumper cables. You've got uh, jumper cables with um, socket to header and then header to header. So it'll show both being used. Uh, you've got uh, four different colors of LEDs with two of each, one RGB LED, four buttons, a piezo, a motor with a spinny wheel, a transistor, capacitor, light sensor, a terminal block, and a potentiometer. And so I thought I would just show an example of, of using this on the overhead. Um, so here I've got my micro bit plugged in. So this part um, bolts on. So you see this is the, the adapter board. The micro bit just slides right in. And then there's these headers that you can um, plug and unplug pretty easily. Oh, what's this? Hold on. Lost my lock. Um, uh, so you can you can plug in wires very easily. So there's no soldering required. And here's the breadboard attached. And for example, I just have a simple program that reads uh, this button and then blinks the LEDs either downwards or if I press the button upwards. But if you want to just do simple prototyping with projects, uh, you want to add sensors that aren't already on the micro bit, um, the I squared C sensors, or you want to do LEDs or whatnot, and or motor. Um, this is a great way to kind of learn electronics, and the booklet is really cool as well. I think I left the booklet. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, but it is um, jam packed with projects uh, to use with Make Code, so it's really easy for beginners. Um, you ne don't even have to have coded before in your life. And if you'd like, you can also uh, use this with, like I said, your Adafruit Clue board because it's pen compatible. 
So you plug it in, and then you can write CircuitPython code or Arduino code or um, to control LEDs and buttons as well using this nice little breadboard adapter. Okay. So that's the inventor kit. All right. Um, you know, we don't trick people. We don't like doing that. What? We don't like fooling them. We don't even like surprises. April Fools. However. Today. This is a first. So this entire show and all of show and tell. Yeah. All of Ask an Engineer is running through a new product that we're selling. This is an HDMI video capture. Everybody on the Twitters, electronic Twitters, like, I got one of these for $20. And they're talking about it, and they're talking about it, and they're talking about it, and they're talking about it. But we have to do shows. So we actually and, try it. And so we're just like, if it works for Ask an Engineer, which we're on right now, then we know for sure. So we've been, we did just said, threw caution to the wind. It's a good test, because what if it stopped working after 30 you minutes? test where the wind is, and you throw the caution at it. Yeah. And so we've been using this for all of our shows. Now, the one that's being used is over there, of course. This it's one's it's, a different know. one. This one so I took So it's using a uh, regular camera I always use, an yeah. HDMI camera, and it goes from HDMI to USB, and we use a really expensive one normally. Normally. That's like that's this is the one I that I that our team uses. It's a couple use. hundred bucks. Right? It's more than that. It's really expensive and it has you know stuff and everything. And I it's USB C and it's really good. And look, if and you I, we I need something like this, then yeah, this is fine. But by the way, I don't use most of these features and like it's expensive. And so we have these now. Yeah, we saw these. Um, there was a bunch of Twitter threads and blog posts from folks, um, and so uh, we got some samples from we think the manufacturer of these, and we're gonna get them in stock because these are really handy. Um, especially if you have something like a Raspberry Pi and you want to do video capture from it or on it. Um, you know, having HDMI input is really uh, usually expensive and annoying, but this is a very low-cost little dongle. It has a single chip that kind of does everything for you, a uh, little power adapter, and otherwise it's just like, it looks like HDMI in, USB out, and it shows up as a video camera. So you can use it in OBS, um, you can use it in uh, you know, any of your video recording software, and of course, I, I removed this, but this is usually the heat sink. And then, um, yeah. Heat sink, I just kind of give up on. So I'll, I'll say this as a person who's been broadcasting yeah. on the internet for, I don't know, 20 years now, it seems. Yeah. Um, given the cost, I would just toss a bunch of these in bags, it, especially if, I'm, if I was going somewhere to do something. Um, turns out now you have a little bit more control over where you're at because you're like, well, am I, where am I going? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, but even right now, I'm always finding that I'm needing to put other HDMI sources into, we use Wirecast, but other folks use OBS. So this just gives me more low-cost options that are, like, this yeah, quality I, is I really good. I remember, like, we were doing a stream where it's like, oh, we wanted the overhead with HDMI. We wanted the camera, which was HDMI. And yeah. then they wanted a Raspberry Pi, and you were like, I'm out of these multi-hundred dollars. I'm out of these cards, yeah. So now, so, now we have an option. Anyways, um, so as you can tell... We like them. They're working. Yeah, they work really good. And if you want to, uh, if this you can, this is going can, through this right now. This if you can wait right a little bit, we'll get some in stock, and you can yeah. buy them from us. So this is what it looks like. Okay. Okay. Next up. Okay. So next up is. Uh, oh, we we skipped the pulse oximeter. Oh yeah. Do you want to just do this one and this one, or do you want to do the pulses? Let's do the pulses. Okay, okay we got pulse oximeters. We got one. pulse oximeters. Okay. Everybody needs these. Everybody wants these. Okay, yeah. but this is a special pulse oximeter. 
Um, so we and have plain Pulse oximeters. If you look carefully, you'll see on this one, there's a little Bluetooth logo. Ooh. That's how you and know it's what's all about that. This, so this is one of the few pulse oximeter boards um, that we see that's an okay, all-in-one. It's actually, like, you know, usable for, for uh, you know, if your doctor tells you to take your measurements, it's um, FDA-approved. And uh, it's got an OLED screen, and it's got Bluetooth out, and the Bluetooth protocol is documented by the company, which is really cool. They have a GitHub where the engineers published, you know, here's how you can um, make an app that talks to this, and uh, or if you want, you can, um, it's Android and iOS. And it does have an app, but I'll, I'll say the app is like kind of not that interesting. Um, what I think is most interesting is that um, I can turn this on, and yeah. I can put my finger in it, and I can then, it takes a moment because it has to get valid data. But once it starts getting valid data, and you'll see it turns from invalid to valid. There you go. Oh. So it'll say your, your uh, blood oxygen, so it's 98. Your pulse, which is you know, about 60, 61. Your pleth, which is another measurement. And then um, whether or not the reading is valid. So. As you saw, as, as it starts getting data, it, it has like a three-second lag where it takes old data and it calculates um, the pulse and uh, blood oxygen based on that. And so if you want to have a wireless way of getting um, this kind of data, um, health data, to a Bluetooth device or uh, to desktop Python using uh, BLE.io, our CircuitPython library, um, this is one of the only pulse oximeters we've ever seen that can do it. And so we thought yeah. this was pretty cool, and this we is thought amazing. we'd amazing. This is amazing tech, and you can do stuff with it yourself, and it works with CircuitPython. And um, if any of you have to take care of anyone, especially during COVID, um, one of the things that hospitals did was they sent folks home with pulse oximeters and says, hey, if it drops below, like, 90, then, then, then you're having some problems. Yeah. And so more people are familiar with these, but also it's a good health thing. Like, straight up, um, you know, we've all had three months to cope with this thing, um, we have a good warning. It's a good time to start to get healthy. And these yeah. tools can help you with yeah. it. These tools can help you like, oh, like, what's my blood pressure? Like, what's my heart rate? What's the pulse click symmetry that I have? And then you can also do things about the code. And you can log it, you can store it, you can c communicate with it over Python. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's pretty neat. Um, okay. All right. And I think there's even a Node.js library somebody wrote, which is cool. All right. Okay. Back next to this up. thing. Next up, hardware. Um, okay, so we've got uh, the BNO055. It's actually one of our uh, popular breakouts. This is a sensor that has um, a 9DOF accelerometer gyroscope magnetometer in it, and it will also give you quaternion and Euler um, values output. And why is that handy? Well, you can use a microcontroller that's fairly high-powered, like Cortex-M0 or M4, to perform calculations on the fly using uh, nine degrees of freedom data to get orientation. However, it's kind of a pain. Um, you have to calibrate the sensor and you have to keep it calibrated. Um, you have to run the algorithm constantly. You have to tune the algorithm. It's, it's kind of like not a fun experience. I mean, you can do it and it's definitely less expensive. But if you have a simpler microcontroller, like an 8-bit AVR, or something where you don't want to um, spend your cycles because you don't want to have this, your microcontroller constantly on. Spending cycles doing calculation, uh, the BNO055 is great for that. It basically just spits out, um, you know, calibration, quaternion, Euler data, 
for you. And we've had a breakout for a while, but now we have it in an adorable new Stemma QT format. And so here I show, you can uh, just plug in one of our cables. Uh, you know, it's a power LED. Um, and so this is really nice because you have four mounting holes. You can attach it to whatever you want to measure and then connect power ground clock and data to any microcontroller. And here you can see uh, the XYZ um, orientation data. You know, if you stay still, it doesn't really move. And then as you, as you twist and move around, it tells you uh, this is the Euler angles. You can also get quaternion. And at the bottom, it has the uh, statistics or the, the status of the auto calibration. So as long as you see, you know, M3, it means that the magnetometer is calibrated. So these are um, really nice. They're all in one. Um, this uh, uses a Bosch sensor. And then I think Hillcrest bonded a Cortex-M0 basically at, uh, at SAMD20 is inside of here. It's kind of cool. You could theoretically run circuit Python on this chip. Um, and it does the calculations and then uh, spits them out over I squared C. So uh, people really like these. I will say there's one downside. They have um, uh, I squared C clock stretching. So on Raspberry Pi, you have to do a couple things to get them going. Um, but uh, they're very easy to use. And there's a library code support for just about any microcontroller. And the chip we're using on this Feather is uh, one of the slower ones we have. It's an at Mega... Sorry, uh, yeah, at Mega 32U4. So it's an 8-bit microcontroller. We're not without a ton of RAM. It's driving the OLED while it's reading this data. It doesn't have to do the quaternion calculations on its own, thanks to this built-in orientation data calculator. So that's the BNO 055, now an adorable STEMI QT format for easy plug-and-play with any Python or microcontroller Arduino project. Okay. All right, and the start of the show tonight besides our community, our team, and new Lady Ada is? Dun, dun, dun. It's the ST Precision 9DUF IMU wing. This is the sister project to, the sister product to the feather wing that we had in the shop um, a couple weeks ago. That was the LIST-3 MDL magnetometer plus LSM 6D socks. Uh, this is the ISM 330, which is an even higher quality IMU sensor. So um, if you need to get that 9DOF data uh, and you are willing to do the quaternion or Euler calculations or you really just need the data itself, um, the gyroscope in the ISM330 is like the quietest we've ever seen. It has like almost no drift. And um, the accelerometer is also like, you know, really like almost perfect, uh, as good as it's gonna get. And so, um, when you need to do industrial or robotic uh, motion control orientation calculation, uh, the ISM330 and the LIST3MDL are a great pair. You get nine degrees of freedom, you can use I2C, you can use SPI, uh, what have you. You put on a feathering to make it easy for you to use. Um, you got breakouts for all the extras as well. And then I've got the little demo of this. Um, in this case, out of focus. So you probably get closer. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, that's close. Yeah. Um, so here we've got quaternions and orientation Euler angles being calculated, and you can see, like you know, usually um, the the heading or 
um, the roll or the pitch have a lot more noise in them. I'm actually lifting this. But, you know, when they're being set down... Um, That's what I'm saying, Yeah, is very bright. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, but when you set it down, it actually stays really stable thanks to the high quality of the uh, ISM 330. Okay. That's cool. So, um, available in feathering format. It connects over I squared C, so it works with, like, pretty much everything. You will uh, need... A uh, Cortex M0 or M4, if you or type chip, if you want to do the on-chip orientation calculation. Um, but uh, for most people doing this kind of stuff, you have a pretty fast processor, and then you can tune the algorithm as necessary for your device, whether it's moving really fast, it's a robot, or it's moving nice and slowly, like a person. That's new products. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to hit some questions um, while we uh, get some top secret ready. So uh, you want to do the top secret? Yeah, sure. Okay. So let me tell folks where they can start asking questions. Datafruit.it slash Discord. Jo join all 21,000 of us. Imagine if, just to get back to something I was saying, imagine if Facebook had a code of conduct where people had to be good to each other while they were participating on that website. So we're only Adafruit with 21,000 people. That's a pretty big town. I didn't even grow up in a town with 21,000 people. Um, imagine, imagine billions of people all getting along in some way. So this is why these things were important. This is why I was talking about this earlier. This is why, please check out this group. We're part of it. Every hour there's another giant company that's joining. Glad we were like the second one in this. We're not a giant company yet. Um, but this is a time and a place that we could do something. So go over to Discord, get a taste of what being nice to each other, being good yeah. to each other could be uplifting each other, it's elevating so each other. So uh, get your questions ready. Um, and then let's do the top secret, and then we're going to look at the questions because okay. there's always a little bit of a delay. It's good. I just well. want to remind everyone, that thing that we uh, had in new products is this right here. This this box right here is going through that thing. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Um, top secret this week, Lady Ada. Okay. Oops. Whoops. <laughs> The new product wanted to sneak out of the vault, but yeah. this is it. Okay. okay. Top secret. What is it this week? Top secret is I've got this old design that I, I'm trying to uh, revive. It's actually from quite a while ago, and I sort of stopped working on it. It's a micro bit to feather adapter, and I saw it because it was on my desk, but I was like, oh, I'm doing this clue and micro bit for the Kitronic demo, and I was like, oh, I should, I should show this off. So uh, the idea is you can plug in your feather or your clue, uh, sorry, your clue or your uh, micro bit, and then you can plug a feather at the bottom here. You just line up these header holes. And uh, you can power it over USB as a LiPo charger battery. Uh, and then an on-off switch. So you can um, turn on or off the uh, the power for the board. So, yeah, interesting. Little adapter. Not so bad, right? So you plug in a micro bit and then you got, you know, one of many dozens of feathers. This is cool. Back in the vault. Back in the vault. All right, let's... Uh do some questions. Some are lined up. I'm going to take care of these right away. Great. Um, first up, is the uh, MRAM, is it susceptible to magnets if you were to put a magnet over it? You know, I don't know, um, but I don't think so. Um, it's probably shielded on the outside from that. I mean, I wouldn't get like a car electromagnet against it, okay. but I think for like everyday magnets, um, it'll probably be okay. Okay. This one, which one is the engineer? That one is I the engineer. Mean. She makes electronics. I try to make good trouble. Um, 
Any plans? Is any plans for a new amp with the programmable biquads? Example TAS two five 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 five. No plans, but yeah, okay. submit any uh, parts you want us to check out, and we'll add it to the gigantic list of parts that we have. All okay. right, Scott got this one over on um, YouTube, but I'll also answer it. So someone wanted to know, will we do drone drone parts? And the answer is no. I'll tell you why. Our friend Chris Anderson, he was the editor in chief at Wired, uh, editor in chief at the time who put Lamore on the cover of Wired and went on to do 3D robotics and competed up against uh, DJI, Digi, I don't know mm -hmm. how folks uh, ultimately say it, but there's only one way to say it. They're number one, and it's hard to compete with their price and their quality. Um, Chris basically said they're the apple of drones. So it, it, the, the hobbyist drone market is, is very different and very challenging, and it's not a good market. Just like we don't make 3D printers, we'll make stuff that works with 3D printers, we'll sell some filaments, we make things that go along with drones, Yeah. but doing a drone in itself, it would just be a business that would tank us, would put yeah. us out of business. Sometimes you have to know which ones to go after. If people are selling this like flying phone for $200, that's going to be really hard for us to beat, especially when some companies in China are subsidized by the Chinese government. So that's a really hard thing to compete against. If there was a reason or a way for us to do it, we would. We looked into it. There isn't just like it reminds me of 3D printers. Okay. Uh, next up, um, there was a question earlier. Uh, oh, there was just people saying, yeah, they have cameras and they're looking forward to the USB HDMI thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you have cameras that do HDMI, yeah. now you have a web camera that you can just use. Yeah. It'll, and it works great. Okay. Um, I can answer this one. I can answer it next to you. Okay. You answer. I'll be right back. Ask a Phil. Um, when will the Feather Huzzah 32 with stacking headers come back in stock? Um, we're just getting back right now to our um, production. So sign up on the website. Um, you can see our made New York City factory footage. We're going as fast as possible. Um, so thank you for being patient and signing up, but it'll be available soon. Um, this next one is a busy question. Okay. Like not a busy isn't busy, but it's busy. Biz. Uh, what was the biggest hurdle you had to fruit face as a business crew? What timeline and events is your growth felt like an inflection point? Um, I'll tell you, one of the biggest hurdles was when we were gr doubling and tripling mm -hmm. because we could have made a bunch of mistakes, like take on a loan, take on venture capital, and what would have happened now would we be out of business? Yeah. Because you'd be leveraged, you have to pay this giant amount back, you have to change your values, you have to change things, you have to hire different, you have to do different, and you get away from your core values and your core products. So I'd say... The biggest hurdle is when we were tripling, this was when we were an apartment company and we were doubling and tripling and we were going into the factory. That's when we needed to say, let's make sure we grow the right way. And we added our team that now are running the company. So we promote from within. We didn't have outside folks that came in. We had people who started in shipping and now they're running the company. Um, our CFO, Stella, starting and kidding. You know, th that's what we've decided to do. Yeah. And so the um, other part of the question was um, what events felt like an inflection point? I think it was when we had so many people in our apartment that we knew that this was a success that had, it's only going to grow as much as the people we had and how well we take care of each other. It wasn't a limit on your ability or um, the, the technology, it was actually the people. Yeah. And it was like, okay, the more people and the more we elevate each other, the more successful we'll be. Yeah. So that that's what I would say is, is one example, but there's like 50 of them. Um, do you have any others or? No, that's 
Because I'm just repeating what you've said. That's exactly what I say. Yeah. Um, okay. Of the 14 temperature sensors in the shop, is there one to use most accurate for comparison, or should I just use the mean, maybe PT-1000? Yeah, the, the platinum ones are going to be the most precise um, because you've got like a really good ADC and they're very stable. Um, so those, you'll pay more, but they work really well. Any tips for making shields an eagle? Tried to make one recently, and I found the process to be pretty difficult. Reference pinout compared to referencing a chip spinout. I would just eagle. take an existing board and just take out everything you don't need and then just recycle it. That's what I do. Okay. Any good place to get rotating motorized pots? I don't know of any. I've never seen a good low-cost one, but I bet Digiki has them. They're just not going to be cheap. Okay, someone says you should set up Restream to grab the YouTube chat and put it into this channel and put the Discord channel into YouTube chat along with the Twitch chat and Discord to yeah, YouTube and vice versa. That sounds cool. Um, I'll try it. Um, it probably won't work, but I'll try it a few times. Um, basically, right now, we work all the way up to the last second. The show kind of goes. We're trying to have the other parts of the team do uh, show and tell. They were able to do that as Lady Ada's been on the city council for the mayor. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I bounce between different chats. I try my best. But basically, please use Discord. Um, that's the easiest thing. Um, would the NRF52840 ever make a future inclusion for the next version of Pi Portal as a main processor along with DSP32? Um, reason I ask because the NRF52840 get Apple notification, connect data for IO. Yeah, like we want to do that. Yeah, I think in the future we'll have more Pi Portals for sure with different chips and accessories and and all that. For now, you could kind of DIY your own with a couple feathers, plug it into uh, TFT Featherwing, uh, and you could you could do that yourself. So just you'd have to plug in a couple pieces. Okay, I'm, I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask you. <laughs> Anyways, would you consider making an AC current sensor? Um, I mean, I would. I haven't seen one that I really like. They're harder to use than most people realize. Um, so that's why I don't have one right now. We've done fun things where you know we. We've made it so we've used another AC sensor to yeah. Data it's just tough like to that. use. You have to calibrate them, and they're you know you have to keep them away from magnetics, and they're yeah. just more they're more difficult than people think. They're not like DC sensors, which are they pretty much just work. Okay, I think I got to all of them. I'll see if there's anything else as we wrap up the show. So um, a couple other things we're gonna do okay. for this evening. Oh. Yeah. A um, couple other things we're gonna do. Uh, we're going to um, the newsletter. do the newsletter. Yeah. So we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. This is the Python on Hardware newsletter. We spend a lot of time on this newsletter every single week. Uh, just to give everyone, you know, the recap of, of how this works out. So I used to write most of the Python on Hardware newsletter. Yeah. Team would, would contribute would, to it. I would speak it. And, speak it. and would put it all together. It goes out. We have thousands of people. And then during Ask an Engineer, we would go through parts of the news during COVID, and then, of course, making sure that our team was able to get their voice out, especially mm -hmm. over the last few months, about things that are important to them. Um, I said, hey, I like, there's no way I can do that. Yeah. And so, um, Katni's been taking the newsletter, turning it into the video version, so folks can listen to it, they can download it, they can see it, and then this is how you and I catch up every week. That's right. This is how listen. we know. We're like, because, like, if you miss out a little bit of, like, we're knee-deep in Python on hardware, we really need to keep up with everything, and so this yeah. is a good way that even we can do this. Um, so, here it is. We'll okay. see you on the other side. See you soon. It's that time again. This is Katni with your weekly Python on hardware news. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. 
head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters, or tune in each week to hear what's going on. This week, Adafruit joined the Stop Hate for Profit campaign by pulling ads from Facebook and Instagram, joining large companies like North Face, Patagonia, and REI. Facebook specifically has ignored the request from users, companies, and social justice groups to take meaningful action. They now have a chance to listen and make changes. Adafruit is supporting the efforts with the Anti-Defamation League, Color of Change, Common Sense Media, Free Press, the NAACP, and Sleeping Giants. Visit the Adafruit blog for details and resources. Adafruit is working with the team to open safely as New York City continues to lift COVID-19 restrictions. We continue to follow the same safety protocols we have since the beginning and will continue to do so. At this time, regular non-COVID-related orders are shipping, but expect delays as we ramp up. We are working hard to get more items in stock, so if there's an item out of stock that you're looking to purchase, sign up to be notified when it's back in stock. For more information, visit adafruit.com slash opensafely. With active development of Bluetooth capabilities in CircuitPython, here's a spotlight on some of the recent community work. iBeacons are BLE devices used in location awareness applications, such as welcoming people as they arrive in an event, or broadcasting information to compatible devices at a nearby museum exhibit. The term iBeacon is Apple's implementation of the technology, and reportedly is what they use at their stores to send notifications to iPhone users as they enter or leave the store. Another great application of iBeacons is general automation using iOS apps such as Shortcuts and Pushcut. Some examples are turning the lights on when you enter the office or running a HomeKit scene when you leave the house. From Moving Electron's blog, iBeacons can be bought online, and the purpose of this short post is to reuse a BLE-capable small microcontroller running CircuitPython as an iBeacon. In my case, I'll be using a Particle Xenon device, but the Adafruit Itsy Bitsy NRF52840 Express or an Adafruit Feather NRF52840 Express microcontroller will work just fine. Read more at movingelectrons.net. Learn about controlling a LEGO WeDo 2.0 wireless motor with Bluetooth and Python in a tutorial from ev3dev.org. Video available on YouTube. Anderson Lizardo posts to GitHub HCIURTMU a very simple emulator of Bluetooth HCI UART transport. It can be used to emulate a Bluetooth device using QEMU, configured to redirect serial to TCP and HCI attach. HCI traffic is saved to a file. Maker Melissa has been working on a large multi-panel LED matrix sign for her lab. Melissa writes, the LED matrix sign is a project I have been wanting to work on for the last 30 years. I saw that the Project MC2 pink pixel purses were very inexpensive on Amazon, so I ordered six and disassembled them. Other hardware includes an Adafruit RGB matrix bonnet and the Raspberry Pi 3B+. One goal was to run this project with Python because I wanted to easily be able to script out messages or a series of messages. I was pleasantly surprised to find the Henner Zeller RGB matrix library. Recently working on developing the Display.io library for Adafruit Blinka, which runs on Raspberry Pi and is built on top of the Pillow library, motivated me to focus on the sign project. Melissa designed and printed a modular 3D printed enclosure for the panels. She has written a standalone library that works for the project and plans on releasing it on GitHub for others to use. For more details, check out Maker Melissa on Twitter. In this week's CircuitPython Deep Dive livestream, Scott streamed further work on the ESP32 SPI and memory. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash deepdive. Become a sponsor to MicroPython on GitHub. Funds will go towards continued maintenance of the software, recruiting additional maintainers, and offering bounties for finding and fixing critical bugs. For more information, visit github.com slash sponsors slash MicroPython. Python is the third most beloved developer language in a 2020 survey. 
In the 2020 Stack Overflow Developer Survey, Python slips to third place in the Beloved Languages category behind Rust and nearly a tie with TypeScript. For details, visit stackoverflow.blog. The Hello Blink Show podcast released leading a developer community with Katni Rembor. In this episode of the Hello Blink Show, Harris and Sean interview firmware developer, hardware designer, technical writer, and community leader Katni Rembor. I share my insights into how I engage followers and educate my peers. Listeners will hear my advice as I delve into my experience with Adafruit and the process involved with fostering a community on Learning Circuit Python. Check it out at helloblinkshow.com slash 14. The Adafruit Discord server is three years old. It was set up on June 21st, 2017. Discord has turned out to be a wonderful place for the community, including folks interested in CircuitPython, Python, and MicroPython. Join at adafru.it slash discord. A post on dev.to walks through using CircuitPython to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Chaos by inserting a random cheat code into the game via keyboard emulation on an Adafruit Circuit Playground Express. Cedar Grove posts to Twitter a workshop clock in a micro pelican case. It uses an Adafruit Feather M4, RTC Featherwing, level converter, and display. It has a custom Oshpark motherboard. Functionality provided by CircuitPython. The 2020 Python Software Foundation Board of Directors election recently concluded. The top four are Nina Zakarenko, Dustin Ingram, Jeff Triplett, and Thomas Wooters. Each will serve a three-year term on the Foundation Board. More details available on the PSF blog. Caitlin's dad continues to make inspired art with NeoPixels controlled by CircuitPython, including a light-up obelisk and a word clock. For this and more, check out Caitlin's dad on Twitter. Read about using the ESP32 Wi-Fi Manager and MDNS in MicroPython on sdoherty.com. Build a kid's eye safe smart TV with ESP32 and MicroPython in this post on src-codes.com. Font Edit Font Editor targets embedded systems with LED, LCD, or e-paper displays. Allows exporting developed fonts to an array compatible with C, C++, Arduino, or MicroPython and Python. Details on cnx-software.com. Code samples for the book Effective Python, 59 Specific Ways to Write Better Python by Brett Slatkin are available on GitHub along with an outline to learn better Python practices. You can also get the book from major booksellers. Structuring a Python Application, a video reference guide course to common Python application layouts and project structures for command line applications, web applications, and more, available from Real Python. This week on Python T with Nina Zakarenko, Carol Willing and Nina discuss empowering others with Python. Art by Kat Robbins for the University of Bath Visions of Science competition. This work showcases an Adafruit Circuit Playground Express and the university logo. Check out details at MFC underscore cat on Twitter. The number of CircuitPython supported microcontrollers and single board computers grows every week. There were no new boards added this week in addition to the six added last week. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are five new Python on hardware related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including Build a Circuit Playground Bluefruit automatic bike brake light with a custom 3D printed bracket that automatically turns on when it senses that the bike is braking, in this guide from Dylan Harada. Build an RGB matrix slot machine featuring fruit and circuit playground characters, MP3 sounds, and a 3D printed print-in-place spring-loaded handle powered by the Adafruit Feather and the RGB matrix Featherwing, all running CircuitPython, in this guide from Noah and Pedro. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 260. 
This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There are no new libraries this week, but there are a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle, included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team. Now that the first version of the Adafruit Blinka BLEIO library is essentially finished, Dan's next BLE quest is to re-implement underscore BLEIO again, this time using the ESP32HCI interface as the low level. The ESP32 is what we use for Wi-Fi on our airlift boards, but it also supports Bluetooth HCI, a serial protocol that is pretty standard among Bluetooth adapters. Most Bluetooth USB dongles implement it, for instance. So once Dan has it working on ESP32, it should also be usable for other adapters that implement HCI. Lucian worked on fixing an I2C timing issue in the F7 and H7 boards, RGB matrix testing, adding the IMX1050 EVK board, and a variety of other minor bugs and annoyances. As always, he's trying to learn new things about bugs as they're resolved so he can avoid issues in the future or fix deeper structural issues that could cause more instability later on. Melissa finished working on some more of Display I.O. for Blinka. One of the displays she found particularly challenging was the SSD1331, despite the fact that she originally added the code to CircuitPython to get it working. The reason was that despite it wanting to accept all data as commands, sometimes it wanted commands sent as data, which she found kind of weird. Using a combination of hooking up a logic probe to compare the Adafruit CircuitPython RGB display library and carefully comparing CircuitPython, Blinka Display I.O., and the RGB display library, she was able to figure it out. She also wrote a script for the Raspberry Pi, though it could really run on any board that supports Blinka and I2C, that will step through calibrating a 9 off sensor using the command line. She's currently working on writing up a guide page and using this script, which will be one of the easiest ways to calibrate the sensor. FlaskCon is a community-driven Flask event being held July 4th and 5th. Flask is a micro-web framework written in Python. Call for Papers is currently open. Visit flaskcon.com for more information. EuroPython 2020 this year will be an online conference from July 23rd to 26th. Attending the conference days will require a ticket and participating in the sprints will be free. Check out ep2020.europython.eu for details. PyCon AU has announced that they're holding PyCon Line AU in August. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project Weblate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for Weblate, or sign in using other sites like GitHub, Google, or Facebook. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 21,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week. And thank you, Katni. Yay, Katni. We, we are now cut off with Python on hardware news. Everything you could possibly need to know was in there. Yeah, so sign up on adafruitdaily.com. You'll get the newsletter next week. Um, but if you miss it, it's okay because you can watch it as a separate video. You can watch it during the show. 
you can go to our weekly Monday community meeting at 2 p.m. on Discord as well. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways. There's a big community. 24 hours a day, Discord. Yeah. So uh, that's our show for the week. Yes. Tonight, this week. Thank you so much. (laughs) It is. That's the name of the show, Tonight, Uh, This Week. You can actually tell at the point where I hit the wall and get exhausted, which is like right now. (laughs) Um, We're really tired. Okay. Um, and uh, we have some more work to do tonight, but we're okay. gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, continue on. Uh, it's a weird feeling to be completely exhausted and energized because there's so much work to be done all at the same time. But I yeah. think that means you're doing something important. So I want to say thank you to everyone out there who's been supporting us as a company, as a cause, and as a business. Um, we're 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 trying to to help out in every possible way for social justice for equality for people not getting sick you you name it we're trying really hard in every possible way a little old electronics company can uh we're doing we can it. do it you can join we're in. doing it and and i'll say this because you know and, and i would i would tell you if i didn't feel this way i there's there's progress that's possible there's a lot of people working on things I've been part of... You can go Google me. I've been part of, like, protests and activism my entire life. This is the first time I've seen so many different people come together and say, enough's enough, and maybe it's because of COVID, maybe it's because of this election cycle, maybe it's just the right time in the right place. If you're a young person, this you're writing history right now, do something. Be part of something. Take action. Because you're... You don't, you don't want to look back and say, I didn't do anything. Um, be on the right side of history. If you're a little older, you'll remember the impact that um, civil rights movement had. And it doesn't last forever. Yeah, this is something that's never done. Seize, seize it. And, uh, you know, one little side note, a little tech story, and I'll try to do a blog post tomorrow, is we contacted a company. So a teacher contacted us and said, hey, there's some really terrible stuff on this very popular website, and I have had no luck getting it taken down. I've had no luck anything, and Adafruit, you're out there. Can you help me out? And uh, we get a lot of emails, and the school teacher, you know, came in, and like, it came in through one of our ways that get to me. And I said, yeah, you know, give me more information. I said, I'll, I'll you know, take a look at it. And uh, earlier today, we contacted this company. They removed some really messed up stuff, and... Mm-hmm. They they did it within hours, and uh, we got the response back. I'm going to let our team yeah, know right when we get off air. This happened all, like, yeah. recently. So the point is... Speak uh, out. The, the point is, uh, it's do it. Do it. Work at it. Every single day, just do something, anything, and uh, I, I promise you, you'll see the results because it's, it's really... Slow but steady. Things can really happen, but we can't take the foot off the gas. We have to keep going and going and going. So I just want to say thank you to everyone at Adafruit who's coming on site and Thanks, making stuff. Thank you everyone who's uh, working remotely and continuing to keep Adafruit going. Tonight in Slack, I want to say thank you to Jesse May. Thank Jessie you so May. much, Jesse May. Thanks, Jesse May. Um, thank you everyone in our community. All of our customers have been super patient. And then the, the last thing, if, I can't give a day, but we're inches closer to shipping Adabox. So thank you for sticking around on Adabox. We need that money. We want to ship it out, too. we got so, all this hardware to ship. So it'll be a great data box. Thank you for being patient. We're very, very close. And we'll see everybody next week. And Thanks, uh, please continue to do all the good things 
in this community that makes a small dent in making this world slightly better every day. We'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye.